Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath, December 5th, we look at Lesson 10, Education in Arts and Sciences. Let's see how God's Word informs every discipline, including arts and sciences. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. All right, here we are uh, for Sabbath, December 5th, a Lesson 10, Education in Arts and Sciences. I'm excited about this one. Uh, This is our memory text for this week, found in Psalm 19, verse 1. And it's New King James Version. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows His handiwork. Yeah, you know, I love this because uh, basically we have a reminder going right back to the creation story and that all of creation, and this is kind of where I think this lesson's headed, is looking at the arts and sciences, but basically all of the world and all of its artistic uh, beauty uh, points back to our creator God. It really does. And so uh, talking about starting off with that Sunday's lesson, the Lord alone, uh, what's that that sharing with us there, Michael, for uh, November 29th? Yeah, um, looking at this here, um, we've got a couple of texts here that are kind of reminding us of uh, the beauty of God's creation, evidences of God's creation. The first one's in Romans chapter 1, verses 18 to 21. It's not a very long text, so I'm going to actually, uh, I'm going to read this in the NIV. Go ahead. It says, the uh, wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness, since that what may be known about God is plain to them, mm. because God has made it plain to them. <laughs> For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their hearts were darkened. Oof. Yeah, what a powerful passage. It's just, I think, to me, what strikes me about that passage is how basically the creation points to the glory of God and who God is so clearly um, that we are left without excuse. This word plain, plainly revealed to them, um, clearly seen, all of these things, uh, God's natural a uh, beautiful world that he has made is a reminder so that at the end when everything is um, said and done that we are left without excuse um, there is enough there that points to the glory of God yeah and we see that every day in nature mm-hmm. and God is revealing it to us here uh, Paul through the Apostle Paul now also gives us two other texts that kind of go along with that I'm not going to read the whole thing um, this verse this next verse is from Psalm 19 basically Um, This is a text we've seen several times in this quarter already. Um, But again, just the first verse, the heavens declare the glory of God and the skies proclaim um, the work of his hands. So again, just reaffirming God's creation. Um, And Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 6, you alone are the Lord. You made the heavens, even the highest heavens, the starry host, the earth and all that is in it, the sea, then all is in them. And you give life to everything, and the multitudes of heaven worship you. So just a reiteration, God created the natural world, all that we know that exists, 
and it gives us reason, it gives us pause to worship God and declare his glory. Mm-hmm. You know, that t- segues perfectly into Monday's lesson, which is talking about the beauty of holiness. Mm-hmm. And I, I know we've, yeah. we've read this one uh, as well. Uh, Psalm 96, verse 9, O worship the Lord and the beauty of holiness, tremble before him and all the earth. You're, you're going to say something, Michael? Wow. Uh, go ahead. You beat me to it. I was just going to ask you, what is that beauty of holiness? But you're, <laughs> you're on a roll here, so keep going, Buster. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But it asks this question, how do we understand this concept, the beauty of holiness? Mm-hmm. And it says, what should this mean to a Christian and how should it impact what we teach about the art and beauty often associated with it? You know, mm-hmm. I, I love that word holy because... You only see it describing one thing, and that's God. Mm-hmm. And so wherever the presence of God is, that place, that thing, that person becomes holy because of the presence of God. And in it is beautiful because all everything that God does is beauty. So worshiping him in the beauty of his holiness is worshiping him in all of his glory and his majesty of who he is. And it's it, it, it brings this out in Genesis 3, 6, though. It says, what does this teach us about uh, how beauty alone isn't necessarily good? Mm-hmm. And this is where Eve looks at the fruit and was looked good to the eye, right? And, and mm-hmm. it didn't look so bad. And therefore, she took of it and she ate it and shared it with her husband. And so just because something looks good doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean that it is good. Right. Just because something's beautiful doesn't mean we need to behold it. Mm-hmm. Notice here the beauty of holiness. Those are the things that we need to partake of. Because those are things that God is 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 within. You know, one of the things that really this reminds me of, both with Sunday and Monday's lessons about the beauty of holiness, is um, this idea of natural philosophy or uh, some kind of. Uh, sometimes it's referred to as um, uh, natural law or yeah. moral philosophy. These kinds of things. That's the good old nineteenth century. You know, like the good old early Adventist pioneers referred to it. Um, and, and a lot of people today, I think, don't understand what that was. But any college, um, especially a Christian school 150 years ago, would have had a course on natural philosophy. And I think it's talking about the same kind of idea that because God created the world and the beauty of holiness, you know, yeah. that there is a sort of a natural order that is derived that we can understand God's natural law from it at the mm. same time. And so these things are interconnected. And so not only do we read about these things in the Bible, but we see them aesthetically um, in the world through which um, uh, we see God's creation, his beauty, true beauty, uh, which comes from him. Yeah. You know, I, I remember Sister White's writings, uh, Christ Objects Lesson, where mm-hmm. she talked about the the book of nature, right? Yeah. How we, how oh, we yeah. learn from the book of nature, the book mm-hmm. of experience, but also the word of God and how they don't mm-hmm. they don't uh, disagree with each other, but yeah. they actually they actually compliment. Uh, co- yeah, they compliment mm-hmm. each other. Uh, so speak about that compliment, uh, mm-hmm. Michael. Take us to Tuesday's lesson: experts in error. Oh, What's this mercy. talking about? <laughs> well, we've got a couple things here, uh, but obviously, I think the 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 key idea here is that as we're studying the natural world, whether that's art and philosophy and so on, there are those who move in the opposite direction that are basically fighting against God. And in 1 Timothy chapter 6, this uh, beautiful letter from Pastor Paul here, uh, verses 9 and 10, uh, is this warning that's here. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that Mm. plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many uh, griefs. So 
basically this idea that um, there are other considerations that can distract us from God's plan for us. Uh, money being one of them, but basically anything, any of these uh, philosophies or ideas that lessen uh, and take away uh, the due honor, um, uh, the the honor that's really due to God uh, as the as the creator of of all that 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 should be. Oh, you know what? That that reminds me of the optic lesson of of going to a, a mint tre- or a treasury. Uh, my son went on a field trip uh, earlier last year, and he's mm-hmm. so impressed with it. He wants to take uh, he wants to take me as soon as we're off on break. You know, uh, they're they're very safe there. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I remember how they find counterfeit dollars. It's not mm-hmm. by looking at the false or studying it. They study the true, yeah. so they can detect the false. And that's what we're called to do, which is not be experts in error, but be experts in the beauty of holiness. One, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I was just thinking school field trip. I can't wait for those to happen again. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and by the way, you know, uh, Paul's not done here in this chapter. He no. kind of keeps going here on the same theme. Uh, pursue righteousness, godliness, Ooh, faith, love, yes. endurance, gentleness. That's in verse 11. Fight the good fight of faith and take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you were made uh, when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses um, anyways it goes on and on uh, on the same kinds of themes uh, to be without spot or blame until the appearing of Jesus of our Lord Jesus Christ which God will bring about in his own time so amen uh, just beautiful reminder keep your eyes fixed on Jesus just like you were telling us Buster look at the the genuine yes uh, keep our eyes focused in on Christ right mm-hmm. Uh, so Wednesday's lesson uh, continues on with this, talking about how do we know uh, that we're looking at the beauty of holiness. Uh-huh. And it, uh, it was talking about foolishness versus wisdom. And Proverbs 1, uh, I definitely won't be reading the entire ch- uh, chapter of Proverbs <laughs> 1, but it focuses in on this. And, and this, if you haven't read this chapter before, uh, I'm pretty sure you've heard of it before. Uh, but Proverbs 1, 7 in particular, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Uh, you know what? I think I'm going to start reading that at the beginning of every class, every semester, right? Yeah. <laughs> because some students actually do despise wisdom and instruction. Mm. A lot of humans do, right? Yeah. And, or we like to pick and choose. Well, I like this wisdom, but I don't like this wisdom. But A la carte. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and a la carte actually gets us into a lot of trouble. So we have to be very careful with that. But it, it asks this question. It says, "How does this text reveal what the true, uh, what uh, what the key to true education, uh, Christian mm, education, is?" Mm. And the beginning of fear, the beginning of finding out who God really is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that is the beginning of wisdom. That's the beginning of knowledge. Well, I just want to come back to what you were saying before because that pick and choose kind of thing. Yes. When we do that, we place ourselves as the criterion as to what is true, versus the opposite Ooh. of surrendering and saying, "Hey." Um, God has revealed himself both in scripture and in the natural world. Yeah. I need to actually listen and pay attention to my creator. So we're called to be teachable. Yeah. No matter what. Uh, but when we when we start doing a la carte, we're saying, mm-hmm. you know what? I don't need to be taught anymore. I need to only teach. Have mercy as if I know better than God. <laughs> <laughs> and we've, thought, we've all met those people before. Hopefully, well, hopefully we're not that person. Yeah, I mean, I think that's our sinful human nature is that we want to somehow make ourselves better. And I think, honestly, if we're really honest with ourselves and myself, um, that's a tendency that we have to daily fight against by surrendering our hearts to, to Christ daily, you know? 
Yeah. You know, uh, we're talking about Christian education. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're talking about this thing called wisdom. We understand that true wisdom actually comes from God. It's involved with the word. It comes from the word. Mm-hmm. And for us to embody it, for us to actually learn it, there has to be this moment of humbleness mm. where it gives us the capacity to be able to take in and soak in wisdom because pride is repellent of mm-hmm. wisdom. And so we don't want to repel wisdom. We want to soak it in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, moving right along to, to Thursday is this interesting uh, dialogue between um, God here and uh, this description here with uh, with Job and um, in the whirlwind uh, God answers Job because he's gone through all of these uh, incredible challenges and yeah. setbacks. And by the way, Job should be a reminder that just because you follow God and you're faithful to him doesn't mean everything's going to be hunky-dory. Ouch. Everything's going to be just perfect in the way you want it to be. You mean good Christians who follow the law, who follow God, actually can get COVID? You know, I, yeah, I guess so, you know? I mean, no, that's, it's, it's, that's it's the true. reality. Is... And, I, and I say that uh, as being facetious, but yeah. there, I've known some really good people who love the Lord, who, yeah. have, who have wrote a little note on Facebook, hey, by the way, everyone, I have COVID-19. You know, mm-hmm. praise the Lord, I, yeah. uh, they've gotten through it, but I've seen some our colleagues yeah. that have lost parents, that gotten have lost sick. Yeah. siblings. Students who've lost uh, family members. Yes, uh, so this is this thing is real. Yeah, you know, and, and just, you know, being, by being a Christian or to be an Adventist or even to follow the health message doesn't make you somehow some superhuman person <laughs> that can magically Ouch, Michael, make you're, you... You're stepping on toes right now. Well, Ouch. <laughs> Got to do it a little bit here, you know. And, but, but yeah, I mean, I think this is coming back to... Um, and this is the same situation with Job is he's actually being faithful to God. He's getting boils and sores and his family is basically wiped out and all his wealth. Uh, and yet God comes back to him and um, and has this sort of heart-to-heart conversation with Job. And he's kind of reminding him who he is. You get down to verse 8 of chapter 38. Yeah. Uh, or who shut in the sea with doors when it burst out from the womb, when I made clouds its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band. Um, and then going on, it, it kind of talks about other things that God has made. Um, causing the dawn to know its place, that it may might take hold of the skirts of the earth, um, and the wicked be shaken out of it. So again, you're just reminded of uh, verse 16 um, of God as the creator. Have you entered into the springs of the deep or walked mm. in the recesses of the deep? Have the gates of death been revealed to you or have you seen the gates of deep darkness? In other words, um, even with all that we know, it's still so finite, yeah. so limited. And I think that's what God's trying to remind Job is um, you only have a small perspective of what's happening right now in the immediate environs of, of what you see and experience. But yet God sees beyond so much more. You know, I, I think if you could even uh, look, look at that a little bit deeper, the more we know, the more we realize we don't know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> isn't that the truth? I mean, I remember getting through my doctoral program and, um, one of the things that really struck me is after spending several years researching my dissertation topic, yeah. I get to the end and, and then I'm just like, you know what? Um, there's so much more I wish I knew <laughs> that I, I realized it was actually a very humbling experience because I realized at that point how little I knew of the topic 
that I was supposed to be the expert on. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's so true, right? And that, once yeah. again, tells us capacity. We, mm-hmm. We'll never run out of capacity. I, I'm, I'm fast forwarding here, but yeah. the last uh, lesson is talking about education and eternity, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're forever going to learn. And so it's important to set ourselves up for that, that only one who knows everything is God. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think that uh, just reminds us again, as we look to the uh, arts and sciences, to all of the natural world around us, all of those things, God created it uh, to remind us that he's our creator, God, and that he loves us. Amen. Amen. And I think that just puts a wrap for another week. So this is Sue. And Swoops signing out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personable colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.